Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Happy May. (laughs) May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I had to remove this week's episode due to unforeseen circumstances. So I decided that instead of making y'all wait for another two weeks for another episode, and I know some of you are not like as soon as it airs on Monday, you listen, you might listen on the weekends or other times. I don't want you to go three weeks without a a podcast episode. As most of you know, I am recording or recording, I'm airing episodes every other week. Uh, that was before the pandemic because, you know, I was working and all these things. And I'm like, you know what? I just don't have the capacity to do all of the things. Like, I don't have it during normal times, and now we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm like, shit, I'm losing my mind. So, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I decided that I would just make an episode talking about mental health. As many of you who have been long-time listeners of the podcast know, last February, February 14th, Valentine's Day, I was diagnosed with bipolar type 2, and... That was a pretty scary thing because I thought that I just had depression and anxiety. Like I thought that that's just what I had because I would go into deep, dark depression, y'all. I liken it to being swallowed up by a hole and literally having zero motivation to do anything. I mean, zero motivation to do anything. Fortunately, I have my children uh, who are motivation just to function because it's kind of impossible to be a mom and not. I mean, I'm sure it is possible. I am not unrealistic that there are moms out there with depression that can't do the things. Uh, I always say the reason I have not ended up in a mental hospital is because of my children. I mean, there have been a couple times that I really probably should have been, uh, but I didn't. I mean, what am I supposed? What am I supposed to do? Like, who's gonna watch them? You know what I mean? So yeah. So bipolar type two. So bipolar disorder is uh, mainly people think like, oh, somebody just snapped and now they're a whole different person. That's not really. How it happens, it is um, highs and lows. So the lows are depression and the highs are called mania. Well, bipolar type 2 is more of like more of the depressive state. And then it has hypomanias. So it's often misdiagnosed as depression because the hypomanias aren't full-blown manias. And sometimes they're hard to... They're hard to... C. Unless you get with a mental health professional who sees it all at once and they're like, oh, like what happened to me? And she was like, yeah, I think I think you have um, 
Bipolar 2. Actually, she said, I believe that you have, um, oh, I forgot how she worded it. But however she worded it, I was just like, no, that's not me. Nope, I don't think so. And she was just like, I'm going to prescribe you some mood stabilizers. And I really want you to go home and look up this disorder and all of the symptoms. And if you don't think it's you, we can reschedule. We can do a new appointment. But if you do think it might be you, I want to challenge you to try these mood stabilizers and see if they help. Well, I went home and looked at all sorts of kind of articles and I'm like, um, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> a lot of my hypomania. So when I would go into a hypomania state, I would make these big lofty goals and people were like, oh, that's healthy though. People should make big lofty goals. Yes. Except I would make them all the time. Often these were goals that would cost lots of money and I wouldn't follow through because when I came down off the hypomania, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Right? <laughs> For example, I was a certified PIO instructor. Yeah, never taught a PIO class. Why? Because I am super uncoordinated. But at the time, I was just like, I'm going to become a PIO instructor. I was on my way to become a certified personal trainer. Why? Same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'd be a great personal trainer. But then all of these big lofty things that I do once I come down out of the hypomania, I was like, mm, no, I, why am I doing this? No, I don't really want to do this. I spent a good portion of years uh, cycling pretty, pretty regularly. Also, in a hypomania state, I would spend lots of money on random things. And I don't mean like lots of money as in like $200. I'm talking about thousands of dollars. When I was in a more like a more borderline mania, I would spend thousands of dollars. Also, uh, promiscuity. So most of that was when I was younger, like in my early 20s. And people were like, oh, that's what I did in college too. No, I was very promiscuous in college. It was, it's kind of embarrassing to look back. You know, when I told my spouse, like my number, he was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I know like if it was a phoblomania, then it probably would have been a lot worse. But in comparison to most people I knew or just generally, um, yeah. Also, heavy drinking can come during my hypomanias. It is like the thing in your brain that tells you that you should stop. I just lack that during a hypomania. I'm very impulsive, very energetic. Like, a lot of people who have known me during hypomania times think that I am just hyperactive. And I used to say all the time, I'm just hyperactive normally. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm not hyperactive normally. I mean, I have a lot of energy normally, but I mean, this was like super hyperactive and I talk fast on a normal basis, but I, in a hypomania, it was like the Energizer Bunny, like, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, all these things, so many things that I look up and I'm like, yeah, that's me. But the difference, you know, is uh, between bipolar type 1. And mind you, I am not a mental health professional. So if I misspeak, please go and do your own research. 
But if I misspeak, forgive me. I am going to school for psychology. But so bipolar type one has depression and mania. So often manias, not always, but often manias will end up somebody will be hospitalized because it's so out of control. So when I was in my hypomanias, I was still in control, like just felt not in control, if that makes sense. I was just very impulsive. And I would, um, it was like, how do I explain this? It's so hard to explain this stuff to people who have never been there. Um, So think of a mania. Let's talk about like a car. Think of a mania like if you just slammed your foot down on the gas and you just be like, and you take off. Where a hypomania, you're not, you're pushing quite heavily down and going a lot faster than you should. Um, But there's still a little control there. So a, a mania, I would think, would be more like driving like top speed that your car can reach and a hypomania would be like driving way over the speed limit so (laughs) but uh with bipolar 2 depression deep like major depression is a a major symptom so the depression is more of a thing um bipolar disorder type type 1 um has depression as well but it you have the both you know you have both you have both but uh type two from what I've read and I understand is more like the symptom that's more prominent is that was the word I was looking for is the depressive state so yeah I I say I've almost gotten divorced multiple times because of my disorder my husband will tell you that he did not want to divorce me at all during all the almost 10 years we've been married. So we've been married almost nine and a half years. Uh, In June, it'll be nine and a half years that I've been married. Holy shitballs. So (laughs) my husband would tell you that he never thought about divorcing me. But literally the amount of times I've had to have a conversation with him about my spending or my behavior... Yeah, I'm just shocked that he did not plan on divorcing me at some point in time. So, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Like I said before. (laughs) And I think a lot of times people don't understand that we aren't in control. Like, we can do things. Yes, so what I'm saying is like, I'm not saying that there's not treatments. What I'm saying is someone can't control the fact that they have a mental health disorder. Right? Uh, it would like be like you're you can be born with it. Like I bipolar disorder, there's a genetic predisposition for that. I was probably born with it. And If you're familiar with epigenetics, just because you have a gene or genetic uh, predisposition towards something doesn't mean you'll develop it. With mental health disorders, a lot of times trauma. Trauma will be the thing that triggers 
a mental health disorder. And, you know, with all the therapy, I've been in therapy since 2013. So almost seven years of therapy. Uh, In 2013, I decided I was going to end my life. Fortunately, my husband uh, was able to prevent me from completing my suicide. But, yeah. And he, I will never forget the look on his face. And I think I've said this on the podcast before. He looked so helpless. And he was like, Meg. He calls me Meg. Not many people in my life call me Meg. (laughs) He introduces me to people as Meg. And I'm like, Megan? My name is Megan and I have to keep reminding him, babe, you and maybe like one of my best friends and my sister maybe like call me Meg and my sister doesn't even do it that much. So like there are not that many people that call me Meg. Anyways, he said, Meg, I want to make a deal with you. Like you need to get help. And I promise you, if you go to get help, And a year from now, you still want to do this. I won't stand in your way, but you need to get help. And I was like, okay. And he went and he set up the appointment for me. He did all the things. He is such an amazing human being. Really, truly, I tell him he cannot divorce me and nothing can happen to him because I don't think I'll be able to find another person as awesome as he is that will put up with my shit the way he does. Because I'm pretty sure other people would have divorced me five times over by now. I mean, I have put him through a lot of things because of my mental health struggles. So anyways, I went and got therapy and here we are today. I was not on medication in the beginning. I was actually really against medication because when I was uh, in college, I went to my PCM and explained my symptoms. And she said, oh, you have depression. Here, let me put you on this medication. And then the medication made me worse. Like my suicidal ideation became even worse. So I decided to go off of it. And she shamed me. She told me there's no way that it made me worse. Even though depression medications have side effects, including increased suicidal ideation, She's like, I prescribe this to other people. Well, bitch, you you are not a mental health provider. And if you have not heard this before on the podcast, I am really against people getting prescribed mental health medication from their primary care provider. Now, I'm okay with if you get diagnosed with something and you were prescribed this medication and it's working out for you that your primary care provider takes over the... um, the prescribing, like, they're like, oh, this is working. Okay, here you go. Because I understand that, like, maybe insurance doesn't cover psychiatrists, you know, whatever. It might just be easier. But please, for the love of everything that's good, go see a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Go see a psychiatrist so they can prescribe the right medications and monitor you to make sure it is working. Please. Also, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I think everybody, whether you have a mental health disorder or not, should go see a therapist at some point in time. It's really helpful. We all go through things in our lives where we need help. Hell, we're all in the middle of this fucking pandemic. And this is a collective trauma for everybody. Now, for some people, it will be more traumatic than others. But yes, it is a collective trauma. So, that is... I'll step off my soapbox for a second. 
And I want you to understand, and I posted this on Facebook, my own personal Facebook, so please don't friend me on Facebook. If I don't know you, I don't accept friend requests because I like to protect my personal information. You are welcome to follow the Inspired Women podcast on Facebook, on Instagram. You can follow, yeah, yeah, you can do those things. So I posted this the other day. Depression is more than being sad. Anxiety is more than being worried. OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, is more than being tidy. PTSD is more than just flashbacks, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, Bipolar is more than mood swings. Schizophrenia is more than seeing things. Eating disorders are more than being underweight. Borderline So borderline personality disorder is more than instability. Addiction is not just a choice. I feel like that really, really encompasses like how I think if you've never had a mental health disorder or a specific mental health disorder, it may be hard to understand. And if you're not educated enough on your mental health disorder or mental health disorders, period, it may be hard to understand. Now, still, I know people who are experiencing mental health disorders and don't understand understand them. I also know people who are educated in mental health disorders and don't understand them. Like having the compassion and empathy and really understanding, like I can think of one person that comes to mind right now that I know has depression. I know. They have even said to me that they get depressed, refuses to see a mental health professional because they think it is bullshit and has some serious struggles, but doesn't understand. And often is just saying like, people just need to shake it off and get happy and blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, when you're in depression, you can't just be like, I'm just going to get happy right now. No, that's not how it works. And during this pandemic, I, so just because I'm on mood stabilizers does not mean I don't still cycle. I just don't cycle as extreme. And what does cycling mean? My mood's going up and down. Um, It's not as like deep, deep, deep depression. And it's not like a full-blown hypomania. Let me explain it like this. Like I might wake up and be like, oh, I feel a little depressed today. And what I mean by that is imagine a cliff. And so at the bottom of the cliff is that deep, dark hole that I said. Like, and once you fall off the cliff, you're in that hole, you're fucked. Uh, (laughs) I'm fucked. Anyways, um, when I'm a little depressed, I'm kind of hanging on the edge of the cliff. Not really falling. I haven't fallen into the hole yet, but I'm hanging on the edge of the cliff. Like, I feel it. People who have dealt with depression, you can just kind of feel it. Come on. Um, especially somebody like me who I remember being depressed as far back as I can go. I, as a child, I'm not even kidding you. As a child, I remember experiencing depression. My hypomanias didn't really start until I was a teenager, but the depression portion, I definitely remember experiencing that as a child. So depression has been like my companion since I was a little kid. When I got in the mood stabilizers and I'm like, holy shit, is this, I mean, obviously not like the first time I took it. It takes a little while for it to kick in. I was like, holy shit, is this, this what people like quote unquote normal people feel like? Because wow, like 
I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that. I mean, I, when I say that depression was consistent, I mean depression was consistent. So either I was in a deep, 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 dark depression, very severe. I had a moderate depression. So severe depression, I could barely function. Like, that would be Megan, like, couch potato, barely eating, just making sure my kids were taken care of, but, you know, didn't even want to get out of bed. Moderate depression means, like, I don't have a lot of motivation, but I can complete things if I have to. And mild depression means I'm pretty... I'm pretty, like, what is the name of it? It's not consistent. <laughs> I'm pretty functional. Like, there's another word I was looking for, but I'm pretty functional. Like, I'm high-functioning. Um, one of my therapists told me, like, I'm a high-functioning depre depression. Like, I have high-functioning depression. That's because even when I had it moderately, I still could function. And even when I had it severe, I still like did the minimal things that I had to uh, I just may have gone like days without showering there's just a lot of motivation so like think of it this way severe severe depression I had like little little motivation moderate depression I kind of have motivation mild depression I'm, I'm pretty motivated for the most part um no depression I'm like oh I mean still Let's be honest, my capacity to do things is very limited and it is far less than people who may not be dealing with mental health disorders. Like I see people accomplishing so much and I'm like, I just don't have the capacity for that because I have to do so much just to maintain good mental health and mental sanity, literally mental sanity, that it's difficult to accomplish everything that I would like to so, for example, if I want amazing mental stability, I need to sleep enough. Oh, sleep is huge for me. If I'm not getting enough sleep, oh, shit, everything's going down. Need to get a drink, drink enough water. Now, like the water thing, I'll still be pretty, my mental stability will be pretty up there still. The, the yoga or um, working out or moving my body. That also is something that if I'm not doing it, I'm, I'm kind of able to maintain mental stability, but not the best, right? Like not the best mental health. Uh, meditation also goes along with the drinking water and yoga and whatever. Uh, taking my medication. Oh my gosh, if I'm not taking my medication, we are just preparing for the shit to hit the fan, especially right now in the pandemic. Oh my God. I can only imagine how bad off I would be right now. I mean, because I have been experiencing more depression, mild depression, since this started than I have in a while, in months even. And so... I'm just like, oh, God, imagine if I didn't have these medication. Like, I would be shit. Oh, no. And I, in the beginning, I had very little, I mean, I had moderate motivation to do things. My anxiety was also pretty high. So, yeah. It was a little crazy. Crazy pants. Uh, what else do I have to do to maintain my mental health? Oh, eat. Uh eat pretty well 
And that's also, I, um, uh, that's also something that is like, meh. There's like a spectrum of like me eating super healthy and me eating total drunk junk. And as long as I maintain, think about middle of that spe spectrum, if I'm the middle from like a little bit of junk food, but also eating healthy to the top to eating really healthy, I'm good. But if I'm from like the, if I'm in the bottom half of that spectrum of like, I'm eating way too much junk. No, no, that messes with my mental health. Um, also not drinking too much alcohol because that really does mess with my mood too. Alcohol is a depressant. It, it is. So if you're already, especially somebody like me who experiences depression, if I'm already feeling depressed, not the time to enjoy a glass of wine. So it's a delicate balance and I have to maintain all these things. So like, oh, that takes up so much. I've talked about bandwidth and it's been a long time since I talked about bandwidth on the, the podcast, but we only have so much bandwidth to do all of the things. And me maintaining my mental sanity takes up like about half of that that bandwidth. Like I got to minimize stress. Like all these things I have to do just to maintain a good mental health. So I only have about half of that bandwidth left to do all the other things that I need to do. So sometimes I don't have the capacity to get everything done, especially right now during this fucking pandemic where, yes, I'm not working, but I'm trying to do all the things to maintain my mental sanity. Also keep my house clean because my landlord came the other day because our boiler wasn't working and my house was disgusting. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to kick us out. My anxiety like flared and it was insane. Um, so I had to clean my house and keeping my house clean with four children is work. I had to be on their ass like white on rice just to make sure they complete the things that they need to do. Like, come on, they're eight, eight, 10, and 17. And you can't tell me that you can't keep this house clean? What in the actual fuck? So I have to be on their ass all the time to keep the house clean. And otherwise, I'm cleaning up after them, and I just don't have the time to clean up after four children. So keeping the house clean. Also making dinner every night because um, I'm unemployed and we certainly don't have the budget to be ordering out all the time. I have tried to support local restaurants and stuff by ordering out um, like once a week or, you know, once every other week or something like that. I've been weekly trying to support a local business. Let's just put it that way. So it may not be ordering out. It might be, you know, doing something else. Because right now is the time to support local businesses. And I don't mean like local chains. Like this is not the time to be going to like Outback Steakhouse. Like support your small local restaurants. Because they're the ones that are not like are going to struggle to survive this. Anyways, stepping off my soapbox again. <laughs> Where was I? Oh my gosh. This is what happens when I go on a rant. Anyway, Oh, making dinner. So I have to make dinner every night and I have to make sure all these kids do their work. And let me tell you what, I fucking fail hard at making sure all the kids do their work. I get an email at least once a week from somebody's teacher saying, hey, this child has not done their work, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, son of a bitch. 
And I, like, the last email I got from one of my daughter's teachers, I was just like, listen, I am doing the best I can. I am so overwhelmed right now. Like, I cannot keep up with all of it. And, you know, I didn't say this to her, but, like, I start to shut down. Like, I start to shut down because, mind you, I'm still in therapy, doing a telemental health, but we had to pause the EMDR therapy because it requires, look it up, it requires a light bar and um, these vibrating thingies that you hold and all this stuff. And you can't do that over telemental health. So I'm still meeting with my therapist every other week, but it's not the same. We still have a lot of trauma to work through. Seven years of therapy left and I, I afterwards and I'm seven years of therapy later. That's what I meant to say. I'm still working on this. So I have unhealthy coping skills that I developed over years, years and years and years. I mean, 20 plus years. And so when I get super overwhelmed, it's difficult for me to go into that good space of like, what should I do to help myself right now? What would make me feel better? No, I'm just like food, alcohol, binge watching TV. And I'm not bashing on any of those things. But the problem is, is like, I will binge eat. I will over drink. I will, I will like sit and watch hours upon hours of TV and all things that in moderation are just fine. But when that's all I'm doing to cope, that doesn't work. So, I mean, I told I was just honest with her. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I give all of you teachers props. So if there's any teachers listening, I am not bashing on your you teachers. I know you are doing the best you can right now. This is chaos. Like you had to switch from in-person teaching to now online and you don't know what the you know home life of your students is and I know there are students that you probably have that don't have the best home life so now you're worrying about them and then maybe you have your own kids so you're having to worry about you know also keeping up from their work and maybe you're a single parent and I don't know the situation all I know is it's not easy for teachers and I fully fully understand that. It's also not easy for parents, especially those of us who have many children. This is the time where I'm like, I have too many kids, too many, too many of them. So yeah, it's been a struggle. It has been a struggle uh, with this pandemic and all the other things that are going on in my life. My husband's job does not allow him to really be around to be supportive. He is an essential worker, so it is all on me. And it's fucking crazy. So it is, yeah, it's May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I encourage you, what is it, one, one in five people in the United States? I want to say it's one in five people in the United States uh, experiences a mental health disorder. I posted it on my Facebook. So let's, let's find out. Um, so... One in five adults in the U.S. live with a mental illness. So you know somebody. So if you do not have a mental illness, you know somebody who does. And it's so important to be supportive and kind. It's so important if you're experiencing it to get help and get support. Really, I can't stress enough how important 
that seeing a mental health professional is and how life-changing it is. I cannot imagine if Megan, like, seven plus years ago was going through the pandemic right now, I would not survive. I'd probably, I'd probably would die. And I literally mean that. I, I just, I don't think I would have survived it because it's just tough on everybody's mental health. People who have never experienced mental illness before are experiencing it right now. Like it is a collective trauma. So I want to encourage you to really Educate yourself about these things, especially if you know somebody who has a mental health disorder. Do not just make broad assumptions because you've heard something from somewhere. Like my daughter the other day, we were talking about disassociation and I was like, um, you know, dissociative identity disorder. And she was just like, you know, you mean like multiple personalities? I'm like, no, they literally changed the name of it because people misunderstood what it means. Uh, so we have we have talked to somebody on the podcast who has you know um, experience or has dissociative identity disorder. Um, we've talked to people who have experienced schizophrenia or schizoaffective um, disorder, depression, PTSD, anxiety. I will try to um, link as many of those uh podcasts on in the show notes so if you swipe up on your podcast app it should show up all those links or if you go to inspiredwomen.com it should show up but I mean I would encourage you to listen to those if you have not been a long-term listener of the podcast especially if you yourself are experiencing a certain disorder maybe it will you know, help you understand, you know, I don't know about you, but when I hear somebody else talking about my mental health disorder, like we had somebody who also has bipolar disorder, um, type two, I believe it was just wonderful. I'm like, Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, I think we've had two people on that have had bipolar disorder. I don't know. I've been doing this so long guys. So freaking long. So I hope this was helpful. I've gone on long enough, 30 minutes of talking about mental health and bipolar disorder and all of the things, but I want to encourage anybody who is experiencing mental health disorder to get help, reach out. You can go to psychologytoday.com. And I'll try to link that up in the show notes as well. And they have a search for a therapist in your area. And you can filter out therapists depending on what kind of, if they accept your insurance, um, if they're accepting current patients, if they um, they specialize in what you're hoping for. You know, my husband and I, when he, what, a couple years ago, went and saw a, a marriage counselor because we are having some issues in our marriage please know therapy doesn't mean it has to go on forever maybe you just need therapy for a little bit maybe you just need it right now and also medication like people medication shame people are like I don't want to ever take medication sometimes you just need it in that moment in time it doesn't have to be forever I mean I will probably be on mood stabilizers for the rest of my life but it doesn't mean it has to be forever for everybody So please know 
Sometimes you just need that little boost so that you can function as a human being. And there's no shame in that. No shame. So I hope you guys have an absolutely fabulous day. Please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Please, 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 please stop sharing conspiracy theories on social media. That would be great. And if I just offended you, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I just can't right now, y'all. I just can't. Please listen to the COVID episode I did. I really highly encourage it. Like I know I have people in my life that I know that I've lost people to this. And we're not even talking about people who had, who were elderly or had pre-existing health conditions. I'm talking about, I know people have lost young, healthy individuals to this. I also know plenty of people that have gotten very, 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 very sick. I also have plenty of people that I know that are medical providers and they've had to deal with intubating and hospitalizations and seeing, you know, patients die. It is scary. And um, for those that are like, oh, the flu kills, ah, la, 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 that's in a season. That's in a flu season. So flu season is about six months. We're talking about this happened in just a couple months, just in a couple months. Like, I think they said the first case was January, maybe January or February time. So you're, we're talking about three or four months. That's insane. That's insane. So that I try not to share my opinion too much about things on this podcast. I mean, I kind of, I kind of do and I kind of don't succeed, but that is one of the things is I, I just can't wrap my head around. Like I can understand people wanting to reopen the economy because it is hurting people. Like it's hurting people like financially, mentally, everything. And I'm not even talking about you people who want it to reopen so you can get a haircut. I'm talking about those that like are literally struggling right now. I understand and I have complete compassion for that. What I don't have compassion for is those people who refuse to be even the slightly inconvenience for the sake of other people. Like the people I see coming out of the grocery store because here in Connecticut it's required if you're in a public place where you can't maintain six foot distance, you have to wear a mask. And those people coming out like bitching and complaining and screaming that they're not going to wear a mask. This is bullshit. What is wearing a mask for an hour while you go grocery shopping really hurting you? Instead, and this is the misunderstanding about masks, people are like, it's not going to prevent me from getting it. It will help you not spread it to other people. So if you think if we're all wearing a mask, we are not spreading it to each other. So yes, I can't. Like I can't with the people who can't be slightly inconvenienced or that are protesting that their rights and freedoms are being infringed upon. Like really? Or the people out there like protesting holding signs that are like, I need a haircut. I want to go golfing. Those things aren't necessities. Those things are not even rights or freedoms. <laughs> Those things are just nice things for us to have. Um, I just feel like there's so much selfishness going on in America right now. And this is really highlighted how flawed our government, how flawed our healthcare, how flawed our, our economy, all of the things are. 
for somebody to have to choose whether they're going to die or end up in the hospital because they don't have the appropriate um, medical insurance and they're afraid to go to the hospital when they're struggling because they can't afford the bill, that is that is sad. That is shameful. And I realize I have a lot of privilege right now. I still, my bills are getting paid. My husband's still getting a paycheck. I live in a nice house with internet connection and Netflix and Hulu and all the things. I'm getting unemployment because I, in Connecticut, they actually moved quite quickly. I got it in a couple weeks. Like I didn't have to wait as long. I mean, now they're moving quickly now. In the beginning, I guess it took quite a few weeks. So I know I have certain privileges. So I understand there are people struggling and I have very much compassion for that. I don't have compassion for stupidity and ignorance and for people who don't give a shit about other people. That's what I don't have compassion for. So yeah, that's that's how I feel about that. Like I really... I fully support us reopening because I know how flawed our government is. We can't stay closed forever. And I'm talking about those in America. Other countries are different. I know we can't stay closed forever because there was no thought put behind this. It was all discombobulated and piecemeal and hectic and crazy. And really, our government has failed us right now in supporting us during this time where things have been closed down. So I'm realistic that we have to reopen simply because we can't continue on like this because our government has failed us and they are not preparing and they're not like other governments who are supporting their people. So I know we have to reopen because of that, but it has to be slow. It has to be deliberate. It has to be well thought out. Because otherwise, shutting down will be for nothing. We shut down to slow the spread, minimize deaths, and allow our medical facilities to keep up. I saw a meme on Facebook to, <laughs> that said, reopening doesn't mean we are safe. It means that hospitals have beds for you now. So we can't just make it for nothing. And all the suffering people have done for being out of work for nothing it has to be slow. It has to be deliberate. It has to be well thought out. And because the United States doesn't work at a co- as a cohesive unit, this is going to suck. Um, because there's going to be states that closed too late, had loose restrictions, and now we're reopening too fast and too early and without being prepared. And, and it's it's chaotic and it's wild. And I understand that our constitution was built a certain way and the government can't overstep their bounds and it has to be state or state. But this is a little crazy that we couldn't come together as a country, not just our government, but as people for those in America to actually be able to combat this. We could not come together. We are more divided than ever. And that, that breaks my heart. And that scares the shit out of me because if we couldn't come together during something that is affecting everybody, yes, it'll affect people in different ways. Some people will be asymptomatic. They won't have any symptoms. Some will have mild symptoms. Some people will be hospitalized. Some people will fucking die. Like, but everybody would, is being affected. 
Um, and not just because the government shut down. I mean, everybody's being affected by this. Everybody is vulnerable to this. It's not, I mean, um, so if you listen to the COVID episode, she said, it's not that there's people with no risk and people with high risk. There is everything in between. And there is not one thing that says, oh, you are going to die and you are not. Like, it, it can happen to anybody. So the fact that America could not come together to combat this is heartbreaking and it and i have very little faith that if something like this can't bring us together we never are going to come together so that sounds really doom and gloom but the whole point in that tirade i'll step up off my soapbox is please stop sharing conspiracy theories my god it's kind of ridiculous and um, one more thing, one more soapbox before I let you guys go. Please, 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 please. If you're going to share something on social media, check, check it, check it. Like actually do your research. Um, it should be relevant. It should be accurate. The person should have, should have credentials. Like where is this coming from? Um, go, go to the original source if you can. Uh, if you don't just believe whatever is posted on social media or on YouTube or on the internet, like the false things are posted there. Don't believe everything that's in the media because again, they like to twist and turn things. Please do your own research and actually make sure something is relevant. It's accurate. It's credible. It's from a credible source um, that the source can back up their sourcing. Uh, just for the love of everything that is good in this world, please do that for me. So we've done our 45 minute episode. Yay me. I hope you guys have a great day. I love you so, so much and stay safe, stay healthy. You got this. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.